Thanks for joining us for Life Community Church. Hey, everybody. Good to see you guys today. If we haven't met yet, my name's Dan. I'm one of the lead pastors here. And hey, we got the sign up. Uh, I should have put like the real picture up there. That's like the Photoshop. But uh, we got the sign up. And I just want to say thanks so much for being a part of that. I know a lot of you gave towards that, which is uh, amazing. I just love the way it looks. And I've told you guys before, I think it's way more than just a sign on a building. I think it's an invitation. I think it's a way um, for us to tell people that there's hope here, that Jesus lives here. Well, Jesus is everywhere, but, um, but they can experience his kingdom here. And so keep praying for those people that might see the sign for the first time and be like, oh, hey, there's a church there. We should check it out, Martha, or whoever it may be. I don't know. Um, yeah, Martha's. <laughs> So keep praying for those people. I think they're really out there, and I think maybe if God just nudges them a little bit, they could experience kingdom just through that sign. So um, that's the sign. Thanks so much for being a part of it. I'm so excited for it. We still got to put the lights up there so it's nice and shiny at night. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I heard you can even see it from the highway if you're driving in from the highway, which is really cool. So it's awesome. Well, hey, we're currently in a series called Won't You Be My Neighbor? And it's a series where we are considering the second half of the greatest commandment. So here it is right here. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Loving our neighbor as ourselves. Like what would it look like if... We were a community of people actively and intentionally in pursuit of loving our neighbors. You know, I think we can often think, well, I, I love God and I don't hate anybody, so I did it. I'm following the greatest commandment. And yes, uh, kind of, but, but I think there's a little bit more. I think Jesus meant a little bit more than that, than just not hating anybody. Um. Or maybe if we, think, if we think a little bit more deeply about it, we can be like, oh, you know what? Uh, there's that guy at work, and he's so annoying, and he deserves for me to steal his lunch, and he deserves the squeaky chair that I gave him and switched out with my good chair at work, you know? And, uh, but okay, maybe I should be nicer to him. Maybe I should love him by not taking his lunch, you know? We kind of put it, put it that way. But that's not really love, is it? We all know that. I have three daughters. Um, they are seven, almost five, and two. And the older two, they're siblings. They can argue, they can tease each other. You know, that's normal. And sometimes I just like get to the end of my rope and I'm just like, can't we just love each other? And what I mean in like that moment isn't like really love. I just mean like stop teasing each other, right? Like stop being mean to each other. That's all I want. But I think Jesus has a lot more for us than that. Jesus is using this word love as an action. It's a verb to love our neighbor, to seek their well-being, to seek their good just as much as you seek good for yourself. So to love others is to bless others. And from the very beginning of time, God has this plan to draw humans to himself through his love for us. And his strategy to do that is through blessing. Check this out. Um, Abraham. You guys remember the story of Abraham? Well, when 
When God first decides that he's going to bless Abraham, this is what he says to him near the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis 12. He says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. Look at all those blessings in there. We've got bless after bless after blessing, after blessing again, after blessed. So there's just so much blessing in that verse for Abraham. Now, no doubt you also notice the word curse in there. And you're like, whoa, that doesn't really fit there. I don't like that. I don't like that God's cursing people. Um, but it's really just another way to bless. It's uh, um, the way that God's going to protect Abraham as Abraham's going out um, and doing God's work. If people are against God, like God's going to clear the way for him. So it's really a, a blessing of protection for him. And so it fits with the rest of the theme of that um, blessing verse. So as funny as it sounds to us, it fits right there. Now, he doesn't just say, I'm only going to bless you, Abraham. You're the only person I'm going to bless, you and your family. This is, this is where we get into God's plan because God does, doesn't stop there. He says, I'm going to use you, Abraham, to bless the world. You will be a blessing. And then later we read that all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is the very first way that God plans to bless the earth is through a person. You know, just a few weeks ago, uh, we were studying, we we're going through the book of Galatians. Um, and in chapter 3, uh, there's this verse. Let me read to you. It's about Abraham. It says, Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed alongside of Ab with Abraham, the man of faith. So now, because of your faith, this passage in Scripture um, connects way back to the beginning of the Bible, and it now directly applies to us. Because we, through faith, are children of Abraham, and we receive this same blessing, the same blessing in Genesis that Abraham gets, we now get as well. And so we can go back there and we can say, the Lord has said to, and insert your own name, the Lord has said to Nancy, the Lord has said to Joe, the Lord has said to Greg, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you just as much as Abraham can claim those bless blessings. And with those, we, can, we can do the same thing. We can claim those blessings along with Abraham. And that also means that if we're claiming those blessings through faith, as um, Galatians says, that we also have to uphold this second part, which is to be the blessing, for the blessing of Christ to come out of us. And so with those blessings, we have to remember that you are designed you're qualified, and you are called to bless others. You are designed, qualified,
qualified and called to bless others. It starts in our homes, with our families, with our extended families, to our neighbors, our physical neighbors, to our work neighbors, to our friends at t-ball practice or wherever we might be. We are called, qualified, and designed to be a blessing. And as a follower of Christ, you're designed to be a river of blessing. Not just like a cup of blessing, like, oh, I'll, I'll get a little sprinkle of blessing on people, or I'll fill up a cup of God's blessing and dump it on somebody. It's not even a bucket. It's not even a swimming pool of blessing on somebody. It's an entire river, like a flowing river, like the Sagamon when it was like completely overflowing and just flooding the blanks, banks of Muhammad and elsewhere. This was the kind of blessing that we were created to be, a constant flowing blessing. Here's where we get that. Because Jesus says, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. Do you believe in him? And if the answer is yes, then you have the Spirit and you have this river of blessing flowing out of you because of Christ through the Spirit. And this, this scripture, it's a direct call back, back to Ezekiel when it was announced that um, out of the temple would flow these living waters. And so we have this image of the temple where it's thought that God resided. That was the very place where God resided. And out of that temple, out of God, flowed these living waters, changing a desert landscape in Israel into something fruitful and beautiful. Things where things couldn't grow before, now there was life and fruit. And so then it transitions to Jesus, right? Now Jesus says that I am that. I am the temple. And I have this living water flowing out of me. And then it transitions to us that God gives us the gift of the Spirit so we too can be this life-giving water to our communities. We can be a blessing. That's where our logo comes from. Here, I've got it here. In case you couldn't see the sign on the way in. Uh, that's where our logo comes from, that this is, this is the living water, this river teeming with life is bringing life to our community. We are being a blessing to our community. So you are designed, qualified, and called to bless others, to those around you. So in this series, we're going to look at the patterns in Jesus' life, how he befriended, how he neighbored, how he blessed those around him. And we're just going to take those and we're going to copy them. It's that easy. Like that's what being a Christian is. It's being a little Christ um, to copy Jesus and what he did. So we're going to look at five practical things that we can do to bless those around us. And those, those five things are an acronym of BLESS. So we're going to start with begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve, and story. Um, the, these ideas come from two, three main books. Of course, we've got the Bible. Um, that's our first and primary source. And then we have also are using these books. Um, so one is The Art of Neighboring. Great book just about how we can minister to our neighbors, how we can be good neighbors. Like, what does the, uh, the greatest commandment mean when it means to love God and love your neighbors? So we're going to look at that. And then this one is BLESS. This is where we get that acronym from. Um, 
And so if you want to go out and get these books and read ahead of our sermon series, and then you can be like, whoa, he talked about that, or the book talked about that. Oh, okay, I've already read this. I'm excited to hear it. So if you want to get those, those are great books. Go out and get them. Read along with us. By no means required, but I'm really enjoying going through them myself. So for the remainder of my time today, we're going to discuss this first one. Um, begin with prayer. So why? Why begin with prayer? Well, it's simple. Because Jesus did. That's what we see Jesus do. So I'm guessing by now, maybe on your seats, you've seen these little bless cards. Um, and here's what, I, here's what I made them for. I made them for you to write down three names. Just three. You don't have to do any more than three. Three names. Write down three names of people that you feel like you can bless. Um, and maybe... If you're like me, like you think of one right away. I thought of one right away. I was like, oh yeah, I know that God, he, God's been already speaking to me about this person um, to bless this person. And then I was like, yeah, who are my other two? And so it's going to take, take some time to pray. Like take a day, take two days, ask God, God, who do you want me to bless? Um, but don't take more than two days. I think if we take more than two days, you'll just like put it, you know, it'll end up on the floor somewhere, you know, like just... Like, ask God. Say, God, who do you want me to bless? And then write that person down. Now, you, you folks online, I know you're thinking, I want that piece of paper, Dan. That looks like the coolest piece of paper ever. Well, good news for everyone. I just posted it on Facebook. There's three different things there. You can uh, make it your phone background. I made one specific for your phone, so you can make it your phone background if you want. Um, you can print one out, do whatever you want with that. Um, but So I didn't forget about you. You guys go check it out. Um, so maybe you've already got those three in mind. Maybe you need some time to pray about it. But write those names down. And I encourage you to first be praying for these people. That you're, that, that you're looking and making opportunities to use the concepts of this acronym BLESS to bless them. You might say, well, Dan, you just told me that I'm supposed to bless the nations. Why are you limiting me to three people? That's not fair. i got to bless the nations. Well, that's because oftentimes as humans, we like loopholes. I don't think we would intentionally do it. But it's easy to be like, you know what? I love everybody, and I'm going to bless everybody. And when we do that, the blessings aren't as direct. We're not thinking about this one person. God, how can I bless this one person? There's a quote from Jay Pathak. Um, he's one of the authors of this one, The Art of Neighboring. He says about that, about just choosing a few people. The problem is, however, that when we aim for everything, we hit nothing. So when we insist we're neighbors with everybody, often we end up being neighbors with nobody. So by focusing on these three people, we're going to bring focus and a specific direction for our prayers and for our river of blessing from Christ over the next few weeks, over the next month. Maybe this goes into years that you're praying to bless these people on your card. <clears throat> so we're, we're beginning with prayer. And we begin with prayer simply because that's what Jesus did. And the significance of that, of Jesus praying, is often lost on me, you know? Like that the God of the universe is praying for something. You know, many times I've thought, you know, I, I know this situation. Um, I know what I need to do in this situation. There's nothing really different I need to do. And so I'm just going to do this thing, and however it turns out, it turns out. 
And I don't bother to pray about a situation, even if it's a big thing. I haven't bothered to pray about it. But that's not what God calls us to do. You know, I never explicitly say, you know, God doesn't want to hear from me, or God doesn't have any input in this situation. I'm not saying those things. I'm not even saying God can't change this. But that's what I demonstrate through not praying. Is Am I giving God a chance to even give his input as I carry on without prayer? But Jesus, the Son of God, regularly goes to the Father in prayer. And if the God of the universe is praying, then so will I, especially when it comes to blessing others, to carry out his mission of blessing. So as you write these three people down, you know, you're entering into a, a new time of ministry. You're saying, God, these three people I want to minister to. I want to bless them the way that you want to bless them. And you know what Jesus did when he started a new ministry? You guys want to guess? Oh, he prayed. Yeah, you did it. Wow. You guys are so smart. You're such a smart crowd. Great job. Um, yeah, he prayed. And so we're told that he went, he, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we're told that he goes out in solitude to the wilderness where he's tempted, where he fasts, and then where he prays. And I don't know what it looks like for Jesus at that time to be praying. I wish we had, like, he was out there for 40 days. What if we had, like, this detailed account of every prayer he said out there? You know, wouldn't that be crazy? But we don't. Um, but what I know for us as we start, as we pray through these people, um, as we pray, as we start a new ministry, maybe, prayer is how we discover our mission, and prayer is how we pursue our mission. Prayer is how we discover our mission, and prayer is how we pursue our mission. So as we pray, God's going to show us what our personal mission is and how we're going to carry out his blessing in our specific lives, starting with our neighbors, our friends, uh, the other parents at soccer practice, whoever it may be. And we can ask God, God, who is the mission that you have for me? Who's the mission that you have for me? And how can I carry that out? And he's going to show you. Not long after Jesus spends some time um, praying and fasting, he, uh, he comes back into town, he, he does some things, and he's starting to gather a following. And this is before he's chosen the 12 disciples, but he's got a bunch of disciples. We don't know how many. Maybe it's 20, 50, maybe it's 10,000. Not Probably not, but you know, we don't know how many exactly it is, but he hasn't chosen those 12 that are going to be his inner circle yet. And, and this is normal. Like you would gain a following, and um, that's what you do as a rabbi. You would gain a following of people that wanted to hear your teachings all the time. One of my favorite things to ask the younger kids these days, uh, younger people, I guess, uh, is who they're following on YouTube. It seems like they all have this list of YouTubers that they love to follow, and you've seen these YouTubers like there. Maybe it's a makeup tutorial that they love watching, or uh, maybe it's a science channel, or maybe a gaming channel where they just play Fortnite, and then you watch people play video games. I, I don't get that one, but that's cool. If, if that's your thing, you can watch people play video games. There's uh, My favorite is... Uh, Mark Roper, I think his name is, Mark Rober. He makes like, he just does science things. And one time he made an obstacle course for squirrels in his backyard, which is fantastic. I thought about showing the whole video, but that probably eh, doesn't really fit here. 
Anyway, that's, they, they gain a following. All those people gain a following. Each one of those folks has people that follow them. And so, same thing with Jesus. Back then, instead of asking what YouTubers you follow, you might say, hey, Steve, what rabbi do you follow? And you kind of get to know a little bit about them based on who they're following. So Jesus has gained a following, but now it's time to pick out his inner circle. The guys who will, that he will share the most with. The people that he will explain the inner workings of ministry to. You guys want to guess what he does before he picks the twelve? Oh, he prays! Yes, you guys got it. Uh, you guys are on two for two today. He prays. So if we go to uh, Luke 6.12. He begins with prayer. One day, soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and to pray. And he prayed to God all night. That's crazy. Praying all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be his apostles. And then we get all of their names listed there. Now, do you think Jesus could have just like rationally picked these guys? Like said, all right, I've got 50 disciples out here following me or following me around. Who's the best? Let's see, who's the smartest? Who's got maybe the most money that can support our ministry that might be important? And who's got uh, a good, who is like close to being a rabbi? Um, who grew up in the church that knows a lot of things? But he doesn't. Um, he chooses to pray about it and seek the Father's direction, which I think is just amazing. Um, and then pick the 12 out of that. And so we've got some guys that are not cream of the crop. We've got one guy, at least one guy, who is an Israeli nationalist. Basically, he is, the, the Romans are governi governing Israel. They've taken over. And so these guys, they are called zealots, and they hate the Romans. And they are nothing short of terrorists to the Romans. They are willing to overthrow the Roman government at any cost, including violence and murder and anything. And we have one of those. One of those guys is Jesus' disciple. Is that not crazy? I think that's crazy. And then we have the exact opposite. I bet these two guys hated each other. Then we've got Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. And so he is like buddy-buddy with the Roman government. He's collecting taxes. And not only that, but he's a swindle and a cheat because the Roman government says, hey, you go collect 30% of the taxes from that guy. But Matthew could be like, oh, uh, you got to give me 50%. And then he would just keep the rest for himself. Um, so that was common for tax collectors to do. Uh, there's a couple of Hebrew school dropouts. There's some smelly fishermen. Nothing wrong with fishermen. I fish myself. But, you know, they were just common guys. And the rest, we don't know much about at all. They're like literal nobodies. So not the top-tier people one might expect the God of the universe to carry out his mission and be the next extension of his life-giving river of blessing. But here they are. You know, there's going to be times when we pray and we're going to be blown away at what God chooses to do. Remember a few months ago, we uh, went through a series uh, through the Lord's Prayer and we just studied the Lord's Prayer line by line. And there was that one part where it says, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. And that's an example of us stepping to the side. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. I'll let you go ahead and I'll follow after. Where your kingdom is going, I want to follow after that. Here's a tip for you. If you don't know how to pray for the people on your list, as you write them down, you're like, how do I even pray for these people? 
Pray the Lord's Prayer for them. You can pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, I pray that Steve knows that your name is holy, that you um, become important in his life, that you become holy in his life. God, your kingdom come in his life. Your will be done in his life. Bring the things of the perfect, the perfectness of heaven, God. Bring that to his life in little ways. Uh, give us today our daily bread. God, provide for him. And, and you can just keep going through the prayer and pray for them that way. You know, when we pray to bless these people, you're going to find that God says, yes, I would love to bless these people. And here's an opportunity for you to do that. He's going to invite you into the process to deliver his divine blessings. Uh, Corey Ten Boom said, We never know how God will answer our prayers, but we can expect that he will get us involved in his plan for the answer. It's not always a cakewalk. Prayer will lead us on an adventure. We're never promised that blessing people is going to be uh, fun or comfortable or glorious. Sometimes it is fun. Sometimes it is comfortable. Sometimes it is glorious, but we're never promised that it's always going to be that. But God will lead us to do some radical things under his banner of love through blessing. I've got one more reason for you to pray today. For you to pray for your people, pray for the ministry that God has for you. Because as we pray, we let God know that we're available and eager to carry out his blessing. When we pray, we let God know that we're available and eager to carry out his blessing. I grew up uh, playing hockey, but not ice hockey. I didn't play that until I was an adult. I played inline hockey. I grew up in Bloomington, um, and we didn't have an ice rink yet when I was growing up. So the YMCA created like these asphalt rinks. So it was hockey just on asphalt. And, um, and when, you, when you play hockey, if you've seen them play, you see that they like substitute super fast. Like the coach doesn't say, hey, time out, got to get some more players in. He just sends them out on the ice. They like hop over the boards. Here, I've got a picture for you. They hop over the boards. Um, the other players come in, hop over the boards. There's no like opening the door. Like, oh, let me open the door and get out. You got to be ready to go and get out there. And so when I first started playing, my coach would tell us, he, said, he would say, if you want to play, you have to be ready to play. And I was like, oh, yeah, coach, I'm always ready to play, you know? Um, let me get a stool. I need a stool. So when we, were, uh, when we were on the bench and we wanted to play, like I, I would, I'd, I'd always be ready to play. But my posture didn't say that because, you know, I'd have my gloves off. Um, I'd be leaning against the bench like this. You know, I, maybe I would have my mask undone, my, my cage, you know, drinking some water. And then people would start to come off the rink and I'd be like, oh, it's time for me to go. But the coach had already selected people to go out. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to go. Um, and so what I figured out, what we all figured out, that if we want to play, we have to be ready. And so the posture of readiness for me was to be on the edge of the bench, ready to go. I love how, see those guys have their hand on the bench? Oh, sorry, I'm pointing back here, but here. Uh, those guys have their hand on the bench. That's so they can like get up and swing their legs over and hop over. They're ready to go. And the other important thing for me was to always be like checking my coach. My coach would be standing here and I would just like look down the bench at my coach every now and again. And sometimes he would just look at me, 
see that someone's coming off and just give me, give me this, like, go, Dan, go. He, we wouldn't even talk to each other. He would just be like, go, and I would be on the ice as fast as I could, on the, on the asphalt as fast as I could. And, um, and I was ready to go. I was showing my coach that, like, I'm ready to go. I want to be a part of this game. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to score some goals or lack thereof, you know. Um, I was ready to play. In the, in the Old Testament, um, there are these times when, like my coach, God is looking for people to carry out his blessing, to carry out his mission, and no one's ready for God. God looks out there and no one is ready to carry out his blessing. There's a place in Ezekiel where, it, where he says, I've, I looked and I searched, but I could find no one. I could find no one. Another classic example of this is Jonah. Remember Jonah and the whale? God said, hey, you're going to go bless the Ninevites by telling them about my grace, about my compassion for them, about my forgiveness. Like these were bad, evil people, the Ninevites. And God was offering this blessing of grace and forgiveness if they would just repent. And Jonah was like, no, I'm not doing it. No. And he got in the ship and then the whale and all that. And even when he was doing it, he was still disgruntled. But God used him anyway. But I don't want to be Jonah's. I want to be ready for God. And I think when we're praying and we're saying to this list or just anything that, God, how can I bless these people? How can I be a blessing in my community? God's going to be like, and we've got our eyes on God, like I had on my coach. He's just going to be like, Go there. There is your opportunity. Right there in the grocery store. Uh, your neighbor next door. Right there. Go now. This is your opportunity. And we're ready for it. And we spring off of our seats. We spring off the bench like, yeah, coach put me in. And we're going in to do his blessing, to carry out his work, to carry out, to deliver this river of blessing. So let's be ready. Let's be on the edge of our spiritual benches. Eyes on God waiting eagerly for him to give us our opportunity. That is our mission. So let me recap for you. You are designed, qualified, and called to bless those around you. You are. Prayer is how we're going to discover our mission of blessing. And prayer is how we're going to pursue our mission of blessing. And prayer is how we let God know that we're available and eager to carry out his blessing to those people around us. Let's pray. Jesus, first we just say thank you for your blessing to us. Like the, the very first and biggest blessing of, of your forgiveness for us, your grace for us. We thank you for that. We thank you for all the practical blessings, the spiritual blessings, the physical blessings that you put in our lives. And God, like Abraham, you just bless us, and we thank you for that. We praise you for that. And now we also say, God, we are ready. Put us in. Put us in. We want to we carry out your blessings in our lives. We want to be ready for when our neighbor needs a blessing from you, that we're ready to do that, that we say yes, um, that you look, when you look at us, you say you say, who can bless that neighbor? And we're ready to go. God, we want to be the person, the people that are blessing our community. Jesus, we thank you for who you are, and we love you. 
Amen. At Life Community Church, we want you to experience the powerful, life-changing love of God. To learn more, go to lifemohammed.org. lifemohammed.org.